Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Welcome to the COB for the 1st of September. The COB is all the stuff you know, need to know about the day in business finance. And I'm Nadine Blaney here with Annette Beecher. Annette, I was going to say reporting season, but no, nope. it was an abrupt <laughs> end, wasn't it? It was. We were just, just saying off air. Normally things sort of sort of taper off slowly, Peter one out. or two. <laughs> here, nope, hard out. October, August 31, and that is it. Now, listen, there obviously is still plenty of analysis going on. It takes a long time to go through a lot of those reports After a in machine detail. gun of reports, now it's time to digest. Yeah, and so Ben Clark, you had a good chat with him to end the session? We sure did. He gave us a trio of surprises. For example, uh, InfoCare, he was surprised by the fact that outside of COVID, deaths were the lowest in like the 1960s, which is not great if you're running a funeral mm-hmm. home business. But he, he was surprised that they managed to eke out a profit because they've taken the opportunity to slash costs. And I think that would be across a lot of companies facing COVID. Here's our chance to clean up the balance sheet. And I think InvoCare was a good example of that. Good. Well, you can access that interview with Ben Clark via the show notes. Also, I had the pleasure, it is usually... Um, actually, always of talking to Peter O'Connor from Shaw and Partners about uh, commodities, uh, specifically uh, what commodities he thinks are hot, what companies he thinks you should be putting your money in now. So he rose it right off the top. Investing is not about what happened. It's now about what is coming next. And sure he's is. always so clear in his calls in company names, what you should be buying right now. So listen to that. And he gives you names. Really interesting conversation with Peter. Um, I won't keep you waiting any longer. Annette, GDP. <laughs> it's, it's a little painful. And I, I would say of all the guests I spoke to, half said that a stronger than expected GDP number is good news. And the other half just went don't care. It's September. So quick recap, 0.7% was multiples of the average. Loads of people looking for 0.1s and 0.2s. Very strong household spending, strong government spending. The economy looked in good shape. We know that hasn't spilled over into the September quarter, but at least some good number... good numbers before it turns bad. I think it would be a mistake to dismiss it entirely. But... Do you think that it will be bad for a quarter and then back to yeah, the snapback the, scenario? The, the multi-million dollar question. I mean, we get to read all the uh, analyst reports and I would say it's almost split down the middle. Speaking to Gareth Aird, he's saying his CBA uh, internal data is dire for the September quarter. So he's not looking for a snapback. Whereas ANZ, who runs the confidence surveys, are very confident of a snapback. So there's no consensus out there for that crucial uh, 
snapback. But of course, it doesn't really matter what we think. The RBA is next week and it'll be more interesting to see if they are confident of a snapback. We know they speak to the government. Josh Frydenberg all day today said we are confident of a rebound. Everybody, All of those guys talk together and they may give us that confidence boost because confidence is key. It is. You don't want to do much. You're not going to go spending. You're not going to be uh, loose with your cash if you think that you may not have a job because it does all come down to jobs, doesn't it? It sure does. We know the labour market has been pretty good. We'll get an update uh, a week after next. We have to wait a little while for that August number. It's going to get ugly. But the interesting thing is I just put in the view today, like today gets dismissed as old news. By the time we get the September quarter report, that will be old news because mm-hmm. hopefully by December we're thinking, you know, outside having a drink, meeting your friends. So let's hope that September quarter comes and goes and we'll just focus on the good times that are coming ahead. Let's hope that's the case. Of course, Victoria, the Premier there, Daniel Andrews, essentially today saying, yeah, same as we've got to learn to live with it. Um, and that is a big change. That's in a tact. huge change. He was zero COVID guy. Uh, elimination. And mm. and. The population of Victoria has done and gone through so much to get there. Now, I'm not making a comment on what he was trying to do in the past, but the reality is there will be more illnesses. There will be more deaths. Mm. We haven't had to deal with that in Australia. What does that do to confidence? So there's a lot of unknowns, I think, still. Yeah, there sure is. And that was, I guess, the the epitome of um, reporting season. There's a lot of cashed up companies, but... Mm -hmm. Nailing your colours to the wind in terms of the outlook, it's really a tough one. So, but I've noticed that, that Gladys Berejiklian kicks off all of her press conferences now with the acceleration of vaccination. She's using the carrot, uh, sort of carrot and stick, saying, look, we could open up earlier if we keep vaccinating at this pace. And I think that hope and confidence mm-hmm. should be self-fulfilling. Well, there was a bit of confidence around the Asian region today. I'm surprised to see that the Nikkei closed up by one and a quarter percent. So outperforming what happened here in Australia. But Annette, you know, when I got off air, things were looking pretty bad, down by about one percent. We did have a negative lead in from the U.S. But Mm. do you think that the market picking itself up the mat could potentially have to do with GDP because it relatively flat close. I think it could have been. In some ways, I guess we dodged that recession bullet. Like now that I'm on the other side of the desk being media, we would have been here saying this is the beginning of a technical recession. And it does it does you know, generate a negative feedback loop when mm-hmm. you pick up a newspaper, you turn on the yep. radio, we're in recession. And even though June quarter GDP told us that savings are still high, you're not going to spend them if all you hear is recession, recession, recession. There's a lot of us out there that associate recessions with prolonged pain in households, in businesses. Uh, I was certainly, my first real job was dealing with the recession we had to have. It took five years for the labour market to recover Mm -hmm. from that recession. And the scars are long lasting. I know that Mm -hmm. we were talking about that at the beginning of COVID, just how long uh, it can sort of decimate in some ways a a generation of people who are starting out. It can, which is why we want to get kids back to school, for example. There's loads of uh, other issues out there besides the economics. Now, uh, we did have some data from China, but didn't seem to upset the apple cart 
today uh, in the wake of yesterday's PMIs that came in mm. uh, a little bit weaker. Although I will say that the materials space was down by about eight tenths of a percent overall. It was the financials that ended up coming to the party and the energy space, which is interesting. Um, ahead and the of the Goldies, OPEC class. The Goldies are up. Uh, yeah, I'll have to go to my other screen to see what they were doing, um, which is an interesting one. Because they were all down. Because when, again, we're, we were, we're on at um, 10 and 11 a.m. Yeah. respectively. Like a long time which just, I just had to think about that and everything was down. It was yeah. a sea of red. At, but then by the time I came on at quarter to four, the gold page was up. Yep, Most of the financials were up. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know if that's a, a buy on dip or, or what it was. But definitely banks like a strong economy. Mm-hmm. So that might have recovered on the GDP report. Okay. Um, and so we should get to the stock of the day. We've left some of our listeners hanging for long <laughs> enough. Miso Blast is the stock of the day. So it got sold off in the wake of its again. result again after... You know, the FDA said that it was pausing, I believe. It's a review of one of its drugs. Of course, Misoblast coming out and said that it's not. Anyhow, is Misoblast investable? It's volatile. Lots of people invest on hope, particularly in that biotech space. Let's hear listen uh, to what Michael Wayne from here listen. That's a new one. Michael Wayne from Medallion Financial and Andrew <laughs> Page from Strawman had to say about Misoblast. It's been it's been on the market for a while, and over its history, it's all it's really done is is bleed cash. I mean, the share count has doubled over the last ten years. The Remus stem cell, I think I'm pronouncing that right, product. It's one of these broad application, very promising therapies. So you can see why the market likes it. For me, it feels a bit like a gunner business. It's always about to do this, you know. Um, uh, it, it's just not there yet. So yeah. for for me, it's just hyper, just too speculative. Around this time last year, um, the company was coming into its decision time on that REM stem cell um, study that it was conducting. Um, should they get FDA approval? Should their clinical trials go to plan? The sky's the limit for this type of company, but on the downside, if it doesn't come off, you can lose money pretty quickly. Unless they can come up with some sort of agreement with some other drug company to fund it, um, it's looking like they'll have to come back with their cap in their hand to shareholders for another raising. So no go for me. So I don't think it's a big surprise. Uh-uh. No, it's not going in. <laughs> if you'd like to listen to that full episode of the call, you can do so via the website, the app, or listen to it in podcast form. And then I'm just quickly checking in on e-minis ahead of this U.S. session. Mildly positive, so that also might go a ways to explaining. Uh, some buying into the close here in Australia, up by about four-tenths of a percent. I should timestamp it. We're approaching five mm. o'clock here in Sydney. Um, there is data on the docket in the U.S. tonight. There's the ISM Manufacturing Survey, which yeah. often gets overlooked because we've got non-farm payrolls coming on Friday. We have that ADP private payroll report. tonight. Yep. But prices paid and the employment subcomponents of this ISM report, I mean, that's going to be really interesting because that's what all these reports are reflecting. Yeah, exactly. But we do know... Um, reading some of the previews we've had all the regionals so like the philly and Mm -hmm. the richmond and the chicago uh, and they all more or less collapsed Mm -hmm. due to supply constraints so this will be the national average um, of all of those regions so i expect a pretty decent drop Mm -hmm. but if it's due to supply constraints that's very different 
than due to lack of demand or recessionary outlook. So it will be key. I think ADP is always key on a Wednesday before non-farm payrolls. Yeah, not always a direct correlation, but the, it's yeah, still... Every analyst says yeah. don't look at it, but the market moves on it. Yeah. So it's one of those uh, catch-22s. Consensus is for a rise of 625,000. And of course, yes, it, it brings us closer to Friday, which... Once, I suppose, the Jay Powell conversation was done on Friday, day of rest or two, and then every conversation, I'd say the majority of conversations I had between 10 and 11, it's back to payrolls. It's also back to inflation and whether it's transitory or sticky. So we're back to that old chestnut. It doesn't actually change. We wait for these grand utterances from the Fed and we still go back to data watching. Of course, uh, depending on the forecast, I've seen a couple of below consensus looking for three and 400,000 just because of those supply constraints are also a feature of the labour market. So it could be a very interesting session. Yeah, yeah. And, and to your point, uh, oil is up. Ahead of the OPEC Plus meeting, I listened to some analysis today on the channel. It's, it's up online if you'd like to. It was CFRA oh, early in the morning um, saying that, look, uh, they do believe that OPEC will start putting more into the system at this time. So, yeah, we will see. Um, safe to say, though, Net, uh, from being down as much as 1%, mm-hmm. we ended just down about a tenth of a percent, 7,527. That's a good recovery. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so th- there's a little optimism, and it's the first day of spring. <laughs> and so there you go. The sun is shining where we are. I hope it is where you are, and uh, we look forward to chatting tomorrow. And we'll see you tomorrow. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.